two, one. This week's episode is brought to you by Free Speech TV. On television, the internet, and radio, Free Speech TV inspires viewers to become civically engaged. Watch the 24-hour live stream at freespeech.org. Intoxicates me with its sunny afternoons. Weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the most caffeinated city between Cripple Creek and Conejos. This week, uh, your host is me, uh, Joel Warner, at the Five Points Media Center. Uh, and with me is my co host, Vanessa. Hello, Vanessa. Hello, Joel. Hello, Joel. And we have a special guest today, Jake Brodsky, uh, the co-owner of Novo Coffee, uh, the best coffee roaster here in Denver, and one of the best in the world. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. How about that intro? It was nice, huh? That was beautiful. Yeah, I just kind of, kind of played you up. Today, uh, today we're going to talk about a few things. Uh, of course, we're going to talking about um, roasting coffee and drinking coffee and snorting coffee and slurping coffee. <laughs> yes, last week we drank some wine. On the diatribe this week, we're going to drink some it. coffee. Yeah, so instead you get to drink some coffee yeah. with Jake. Um, Hopefully as exciting. Um, more exciting right. for me. Okay. Right. And depending <laughs> if we have time after we drink all the coffee, we might talk about uh, school choice in, in the, uh, in the uh, Denver public schools. Uh, but first, I want to rant a little bit. I hope you guys don't mind if I rant. Go Is for that okay? it. I'm going to rant love about to hear you uh, NIMBYs. Uh, do you guys know the term NIMBYs? Not in my backyard. Not in my backyard. People who don't want something placed within the vicinity of their backyard. Now, now as journalists, we have a love-hate relationship with these NIMBYs. First of all, they are just this font for stories. There's always somebody somewhere complaining about some new development that's basically maybe three feet over the zoning code or somehow cast more shadows or whatever. And so, so it just comes up with these great stories for us as young kind of cup reporters. Now, on the other hand, these people are the most egotistical people you will just ever find who think that their story is basically the biggest investigative story that has ever happened to the city and they should be winning some Pulitzer for bringing it to us. It just gets so annoying. And so lately I've been having some run-ins with this new breed of NIMBYs. These guys, I think they're called uh, No High Rises in Highlands. Is that what they're called or something? Uh, I haven't been following this one as much, but yeah, yeah let me, it's something like that, yeah. They've That's been basically what they, they don't want, our, yeah. our high-rises yeah. in Highlands. They've been bugging me about writing something in Westward about this big, ev- this, big, um, this big development thing, even though I don't even write for Westward anymore. They don't seem to care about that. <laughs> They're just spreading the word as far as possible. It's all about this new development that is being planned right on, uh, it's right like 32nd and Lowell, right? Right. It's like the heart of Highland Square. Yes. It's right north of Highland Square. It's like a five-story building. It's by Red Peak Development. And I think there is this massive group that has uh, come together even before the development drawings have been released and just kind of built this whole campaign to stop this thing. They're, they're talking about um, um, uh, like, like pulling out some of the city council members who aren't supporting them. I think there was some altercation that once any council members, like House and the police had to be called in about this. And it just seems nuts. It seems absolutely nuts. And I don't know if you guys know about Red Big, if you guys have thoughts about whether or not this five-story building should be put right in Highland Square. And well, Jake, do you have? I don't know the issue too well. Um, I've seen some sketches, and it looks it looks nice enough. Yeah, it's and a five-story. It seems building. like it'd be a 
nice addition. It's not overly obtrusive in my opinion. Um, it's also not directly in my backyard. I live across 38th in Berkeley, so I'm so not we'll too concerned about not it. Not in my <laughs> general immediate, vicinity. Not in my immediate Nim- backyard. Visit, so, well, what are what are the the gripes exactly? Because this, you know, this happened in Fort Collins. They, in in I mean, Old Town, people don't want high rise. You know, it doesn't fit in with the character of Highland Square. But I mean, here's the thing. First of all, there's freaking like fancy like baby stores and a bike shop slash like. Um, like tea store right it ain't so quaint in highland square anymore yeah. it ain't quite and there's like a 15 story building there right i mean I, honestly five story brick development i don't think it's that bad right and i mean i think there are definitely like parking issues to be concerned about maybe i don't know what the plans of this look like there might be i would hope some parking either underground parking or parking spaces uh, you know that would would add to um add to to what's there so that if there are shoppers who come because the highland is a shopping destination right so people come they shop they eat and so parking could potentially become an issue i guess however um i don't think that that's that doesn't seem to be their immediate concern no uh, the the concern is that it doesn't fit in with the neighborhood but joel you wrote a story about this for westward didn't you like I, i mean years ago about how the architecture like Highland isn't really like a purely, no. you know, a, it's a as mess. A his, yeah, it's there's an absolute mess. And there are these like stuff. Flintstone style houses next to these old like 1900s like bungalows. It's this mess, and that's you know. So that's what why is we live the character of Highland? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's full of nimbies. I mean, in some ways, the character that is being created in Highlands is these grumpy kind of nimbies who don't want anything else, who don't want anyone else <laughs> in the location. I mean, in some ways, I don't know how much the places are going to cost. They might be really expensive. On the other hand. To bring in some kind of smaller like living spaces that maybe some new families might be able to afford right there. Because right now, you know, even these like 1,200 square foot like bungalows they have there are way priced out of almost like the entire like, middle class. Yeah. Sure. That. Yeah. And I guess my biggest concern, I mean, even if there are some valid, valid points about this development, and I don't know what they would be because I haven't been researching it, the way these guys go about it, the way these guys are just like literally kind of calling every single freaking person who will listen to them and complaining, like going to their city council person's freaking house like in the middle of the night and threatening her with like a recall election. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's not, you know, you know, it's not too smooth. Now, I mean, so there's one of the NIMBY things. I know there's a few more. Like I know recently uh, Christo's uh, project down... Over the river. Yeah, over the river, which has been going on for what, like... Oh, 20, 30 years. Oh, Vanessa, maybe you can talk Years and years. So, you know, the um, BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, finally, um, you know, there there's a, a few different government organizations that have to approve the process of uh, Christo, the artist, wanting to drape the Arkansas River in in these in this kind of fabric material. And, and there's a group that's just come about called Rags Over the Arkansas that's, uh, that's now fighting this because the local, um, the locals were not, have not been really uh, effective on their own. So now they've got a group of, of uh, students and professors from uh, DU Law School and uh, some other people in Denver who are supporting and helping them bring a lawsuit against um, these government organizations, the BLM in particular in this case, to try and stop Christo from doing this um, on the Arkansas. And so back in 
in August, uh, we were talking about this on the diatribe, and 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 at that point, I was really uh, supportive of Christo mm-hmm. and thinking that oh, this is you know these NIMBY kind of things. Like why are why are the locals complaining about this? This is going to bring so much attention to the area. This is going to be awesome. You know, it's great for all of the uh, museums in Denver and everybody. Basically, all any kind of artistic entity between Denver and Santa Fe, right? Because because where this is, which is on Highway 50, right in between. Salida and Canyon City um, is is a great place. It's a great center point for all of these wonderful arts but organizations you've to draw from. Your opinion? I have because I've since been there twice. And what, um, what do you find? And and I, I forgot how how really truly you know the communities down there. It's not like you're going through Boulder Canyon, and it's not like you're going through Poudre Canyon. You're going through this this rarely mostly rural. Um, kind of highway pass right there where it's it's really 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 windy it's only two lanes um, you know one lane each way and there's not really uh, you, you can start to see what what the what the local residents are complaining about which is if you've got all of these gawkers and these people coming up this highway how are we gonna get our emergency vehicles through how are we gonna get um, you know the, it, it's gonna cause a lot of it could potentially cause a lot of problems for the people who live in the area and there are people who live in the area they just have to not have very much of a voice and I not don't know. be you're, very you're powerful. It's starting to sound a bit NIMBY-esque over there, Vanessa. But it's not, NIMB- I don't consider uh. it NIMBYis- NIMBYism either because it's also, you know, these local communities, it's more of a regionalist thing, right? It's it, a regionalism thing. It's not like a neighborhood, really. It's Christo is not part of the neighborhood at all. Um, most of the people, you know, who are... It could are, be. He could buy a little. He could buy a little shack. He could, and he's and he, to his credit, he's giving some people. He could live know, in a tent. He's he putting likes, money he likes into fixing things. the roads. You yeah, know, you know. But um, Jake, do you have do you have thoughts about this? Uh, weren't there some environmental ramifications for this as well? Like the fish are going to be all shaded now. <laughs> 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 the fish are going to be shaded, yeah. You can't have that. Like um, the fish I are going like to get too cold. So <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little more tender, right? A little shade <laughs> I think it's going to affect their reproduction. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, a there's more, a there more, are uh, problems w- about that too. The, see, that's something that's already been um, they, that the. I think it was the BLM actually decided that there wasn't going to be enough of an impact on on the wildlife or maybe it was the Division of Wildlife that said this that they said they, they determined that there wouldn't be enough of an impact on wildlife to put the brakes on it so yeah. they uh, are allowing it I mean, to that's go the forward thing I have to say I mean like they've spent years studying this you know the BLM I think what is it like the Army Corps of Engineers looked into it these are not little like kind of meager surveys those guys really do their 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 due diligence. And yes, while there might be some impacts, I'm, I'm going to come out in support of Crystal on this. And the fact that, yes, there might be a few negative consequences, but... What, what, are the, things, what do the, the people locally things, get yeah, from it? You know what? What um, do the locals get out of it? The more attention people there... But, they, but what if they finances, don't want it? You know what? <laughs> then they're being stupid. They're then, they're, then they're being stupid. It. Okay, then they're being stupid. It's just a few weeks. I mean, there are so many worse <laughs> things that are having a lot worse impacts in the freaking environment. You know, if someone wants to do some really cool, fascinating development, um, you know, fascinating kind of project here in freaking Colorado, I would say let him do it. I mean, he, you know, he's taken all the steps. He's been pretty darn patient. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sorry. This <laughs> this to me is still just like another example of NIMBYs. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying I'm totally sold on 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 
being on the other side now, but I'm thinking about it more after. Go take a drive through there. Okay. And when the bighorn cross your path and everybody's slamming on their brakes and you or you're going to hit them because this happens all the time. I'm going to drive through and say, wish, man, I wish there was some huge thing draping my head right now. <laughs> exactly. So I wish I wish I could look this over there instead shade. of look at this yeah. beautiful bighorn pack walking by. So, yeah, I mean, just go well, take a drive through there and well, we see can, what it's like yeah. right now. And we then see what you think about out, it. Vanessa, maybe it's an ongoing thing. You and me can of go course. ahead yeah. over Christo. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. But I want to drink. <laughs> I want to slurp some coffee. I don't know about you guys, but Jake, um, Jake's brought in this whole setup for us. I want you to describe what's going on here. There's this whole. Well, I brought in, uh, we're going to do a, an abbreviated version of a coffee cupping, which is how we evaluate coffees, uh, decide what we're going to purchase and evaluate the our production batches on a week to week on a, on a week to week basis and even before that so what so mm-hmm. what is novo is it just a roaster or do you guys have coffee shops explain we're a uh, primarily a wholesale roaster so we're served in a lot of denver's uh top restaurants in my opinion oh uh, yeah we have had retail locations in the past um we were recently in the denver art museum we decided to close that at the end of last year and we are currently in search of a flagship type location for our retail so we're we're very we're about two blocks away 30th and larimer two blocks away from this studio i should say um and very passionate about how we purchase coffees working with farmers over the long per, on, over the long term paying sustainable high prices for very high quality coffees and we're going to sh- taste a couple right now lovely um, let's, but did we, we need, did we sufficiently explain cupping, Joel? No, I think Jake's going to walk us through cupping. Oh, well, we cup. okay. Julian, are you, you going to come in and slurp some coffee? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Julian's been all waiting. So our first, we have two coffees here. Uh, the one on, on your left is an Ethiopian natural processed coffee. So these are just freshly ground. These are just freshly ground coffee. Yeah, coffees, normally right? we would grind immediately before, uh, brewing or cupping. Um, unfortunately, I didn't want to bring a big commercial grinder into the why not into the space here. I didn't think that would be welcome. Fine, fair enough. So I ground these about thirty minutes ago. So it's not ideal, but once you once you grind coffee, you're losing a lot of those. It smells flavors, good in here. It smells aromatics. much better than it usually does in hell, yeah. which is this kind of like stale, sweaty kind of <laughs> folks who are sitting in chairs too much. Now it smells like coffee. Awesome. I'm, hey, Julian. I'm Julian's coming in to drink some coffee with us. Welcome. Yes. So the first part of a of a cupping is taking the f- what's called the fragrance. So it's the smell of the dry grounds. So this is before any water's added. Okay. So uh, which one do we take first? Let's start with the left. This is this is on your Ethiopian. Left. This is an Ethiopian coffee. It's Anyetsu. Anyetsu, yes. So pick that glass up. You can. I'm tr- <laughs> I'm trying to sniff as close to the microphone <laughs> as possible, so everyone can smell it. <laughs> Uh, we're not doing lines. Okay, <laughs> don't get it. Yeah, the listeners don't like, get what it all the way up going there? on? I also like these nice, uh, these nice little like um, information cards you have, which is done by a local designer. Is it not? Am I not? Yeah, correct? these are. Yeah, we've recently started working with uh, Matter Design Studio. Yeah. Rick oh, Griffith. Nice. Yeah, Rick's um, been a Rick's been a guest on the Diatribe, so it's always good to see Rick's work. It's pretty cool. Sure, I'm sure he has a lot to say. He, Yes, Rick does. always has a lot to say about whatever <laughs> you throw at him. It's helpful. So, so, so what do you guys smell in this? I'll let you go first. Oh, we found this one. Blueberries. Or I will, I, I will pipe in if, if we don't hear anything. <laughs> I mean, coffee, just like with anything, you're 
with anything in general. I mean, you're, it's very suggestive. So if I tell you you're smelling this, you, so you, so you can tell us chance. that we smell the essence of 4 p.m. on February 29th <laughs> as the clouds roll through. We'll be like, yes, that's exactly what we smell. So what I get out of this Anyetsu, it's called. It's a yeah, the Ethiopian coffee. Um, it's got a nice fruit, so like some red fruit, blueberry, strawberry, um, maybe some chocolate. I don't know if anyone shares these. The berries for sure. The berries. Yeah. I get chocolate now that I'm. Uh, See, yeah. Now that he said that, yeah. of course. Your sheep. Suggest it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm totally coffee sheep. sheep. I'm a I'm a big horn. <laughs> Julian, what do you smell? I know we can't. You know, you have a microphone, so I'll talk for like, you. I don't know, just like freshness. Like Julian smells like freshness. Like spring. Like spring. Mm. That, that's be, I love that, yeah. Julian could be the spokesmodel for Novo <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> I, it smells freshness, like spring. <laughs> Drinking cup of spring. Yeah, so on the, le- on the left, a little more fruit, maybe some chocolate. Um, if you go over to the right, there's a coffee from El Salvador. It's uh, called Mondani. Oh, I just got some up my nose. <laughs> a little more uh, woody, mm. a little bit of earthy, some citrus yeah, as well. Yeah, it does smell a bit mm. earthy. This coffee is kind of nearing the end of its uh, life, I should say. It's coffee is a crop. Um, so uh, the fresh crop coffee of this from El Salvador coming in about two months. So we'll get coffees in, green coffees or raw coffees. They're fairly stable, uh, but they will dry out and deteriorate, mm. deteriorate over time. And it's kind of um, a dumb question. I mean, w- where does coffee come from? Like, what uh, is it? Uh, co- so coffee's a... Julian's t- looking at me like that. <laughs> like, Julian's like, is that a question? Like, wait, what? <laughs> yes, yeah. I know it comes from a plant, Julian. I know it's a plant. I know it's not an animal. But he's also it's from Colombia, so yes, we're, yeah, we don't, like, we don't grow coffee here. About? <laughs> and I, if I kn- knew that, I would have brought a... Col- we have a really nice Colombian coffee as well. Um, but coffee is a, is a tree, and there are cherries that grow on these trees. And inside of each cherry, there are two coffee beans or coffee seeds. Um, that's the very basic definition. <laughs> there you go. See, that, that's why we have the experts here. Let's never die a tribe. We go right to the source. So what? So the second coffee. So this one's from El Salvador. This is the one that kind of uh, led to the, or uh, this <coughs> comes from the plantation, right? That is that is in the New Yorker story, uh, or not? Nearby. Nearby. But yeah. So the the Costco, what you tasted a couple of weeks ago, was the dried skins of the coffee cherries, and traditionally it's made as a as a tea. And I know you enjoyed that. Oh, uh, I'm yeah. Very much. I, I keep. And that's a new I thing, right? That, on that on now. Folks are starting to sell just the dried skins of the cherries. Yeah, it's newer as far yeah. as some roasters actually, yeah. some farmers actually processing it, uh, drying it properly, whereas it in the past it just will go back into yeah. the soil as a compost. Vanessa was referring to this story that was in The New Yorker just a few months ago, and it was all about the high-end coffee development, and it focused on this one, this one farmer, this female farmer in El Salvador, and it talked about concept of the third wave and i assume would you would you say you're part of this third wave of coffee and so what the heck is the third wave of coffee and what were the other waves have there been other waves 
There have been other okay. ways. That and, makes uh, sense. Yeah, I would consider Nova part of the third wave, uh, although people are talking about the fourth wave now. I'm oh, not, the fourth not wave. Quite, already? I'm not quite sure yeah. what that is because we're just learning what the third is. Uh, so the first two waves. So the first wave was like Folgers, um, cheap, very light roasted coffee and generally brewed very weak. Uh, so very watered down, light kind of brown water product that, you know, a lot of people are, are still used to, unfortunately. Uh, the second wave was Starbucks, uh, kind of the other end of the spectrum in terms of roasting. So a, a darker roasted, bold, uh, strong coffee. Uh, the third wave is roasters that are featuring uh, different coffees from different single origin uh, different farms that pay are paying attention to the quality, uh, featuring different varietals of of Arabica coffee, um, and really showcasing, you know, how they're grown, the nuances, the flavors that come out based on altitude, varietal, uh, soil characteristics, and I'm still not sure what mm. the fourth wave is. No, I mean, it's fascinating. <laughs> I think for most people, they would be surprised by this concept of reading about a specific farm where these coffee beans came from. I think most people still coffee as this pure commodity, which is this black stuff that they either that they either still get in just a can or they get like, you know, the the light roast or the whatever from, you know, the bag from the supermarket. But don't think about it like they think about say wine or cheese or whatnot, which which are which have long held these more kind of kind of highfalutin kind of concepts where it's about exactly where it comes from, exactly what it tastes like. And I mean, do you, I mean, have we really seen a shift or is there, you know, or some people just still say, no, I'm just going to go and drink my, my triple vanilla, you know, Slurpee latte and <laughs> not going to. There's definitely, in my opinion, been a shift. I mean, we're, my business occupies a very small, small part of that market. Um, coffee being second to oil in terms of the, the value of what's traded around the world. Really? So, you know, within that huge market a very small slice of it is actually specialty coffee and then with with our product it's a very small slice of specialty coffee is kind of where where we're at mm. um but yeah people are definitely shifting and and paying more attention to to different nuances and different brewing methods um just how to taste the product and and know about how it's grown and and appreciate things more along those right. lines I have some more questions Versus about just it, the caffeine delivery system. Yeah, I have more questions about. It, but should we should we take the next step of the of the cupping process yes. before we run out of time? Yeah. So these cascadas that we were talking about before, they really I've been I've been all over Twitter just raving about them because they're they are amazing. So the yeah. dried. A few weeks ago, we should we should we should probably explain what happened. A few weeks ago, Jake yeah. was supposed to come on, and then we had the snowpocalypse. So what <laughs> we call it the what was it what was our term? Uh, Did we have one? I, was like, I think it was snowpocalypse or or something yeah apocalizzard is apocalypse apocalizzard was, was what i called it we had the apocalypse and uh <laughs> place was shut down so jake uh, graciously invited us all over to novo coffee where where we did the full kind of cupping process right and we got to tour and and see yes. the beans and, and see the very nice ping pong table those guys are hardcore about ping pong almost as much as they are about coffee yeah it was a great space and it's so fun because you can do this so right anybody in denver anybody from anywhere they yes. you guys do it on fridays right jake Public yes. cuppings or tasting? 12 every, 12 every Friday. If you want to experience a cupping for yourself. Nova Coffee, it's at, what's your address? 3008 Larimer Street. 
3008 Larimer Street. Right. Should and they sign up? Or? If you want to sign up, email. <laughs> There's a mic again. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pouring water right now. Uh, email <laughs> us at uh, info at Novo Coffee, or you can call 303-295-7678, and we'll get you signed up. Nice. Yeah, and I really, I mean, it's such a different and fun thing to do. Yeah. Right? In Denver, it's like you're always looking for something new. It's like, oh, I've already done this, I've done that. It's like this is really yeah. the, that different thing to it's do. It's like going to visit like like a vineyard, except right here in Denver, it doesn't feel like one of those like phony wine tasting places that you might get here in Denver. It's really, this is what they're doing it right here, and you get to kind of watch it and be part of it. It's fascinating. Yeah. And yeah, you drink yeah. really good coffee, and you get all hyped up. Yeah, totally hyped up. And you learn how to do it. And it, just exploring the, you know, the, your sense of smell and taste when it comes to coffee and figuring out like, oh, there is there are huge differences yeah. here. You know, you could taste subtle ones before maybe if you were making coffee yourself, but this is like shows you major differences. There's not enough water. That's okay. Oh. I like the, the heavier caffeine anyway. <laughs> 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 All right, we did run out of water here. Okay. <laughs> so we're good though. We, I, can, can we share? Oh, yeah. So yeah. We'll, oh, God. Well, wait, what I did, uh, so we did the <laughs> fragrance. So we took, that's the smell of the yep. dry grounds. Um, and when we're doing this in our cupping room, we're, uh, well, not always, but a lot of times we're taking notes, especially when we're, we're evaluating new coffees. Um, so I poured water just off the boil. Um, by the way, this was 12 grams of ground coffee. Was it, we're in the, each of these cups. Water just off the boil. We're going to wait about four minutes. So, and when you grind the coffee, did we what at what? Because that's another thing people have, right? Grind. You know, it's like everybody always does grind differently. Yeah, grinding is a huge grinding properly is a huge part of of brewing. So coffee. you should so you shouldn't grind. buy pre ground coffee. You should, <laughs> that would be the f- yeah the, f- the biggest improvement most people can make in their quality of coffee that they're drinking would be buy whole bean coffee, uh, which would entail you to get a grinder. Ideally, a, a burr grinder, the, those traditional blade grinders are uh, chop the coffee up, um, end up with a lot of very inconsistent sizes of particles, a lot of really fine, finely ground, uh, fine particles that'll over-extract and you'll end up with some bitter bitterness. Um, so yeah, so get a grinder, buy whole bean coffee, get a, a decent burr grinder, ideally. Um, Watch your grind. Watch this is grind. so much potential for sweaty, but we're really like, we haven't <laughs> gone there yet. <laughs> 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 right. So, okay. Uh, has it been four minutes? We're getting there. I'll just get in there. I mean, and so, so one of the things I want to talk about is, so this whole concept of, you know, of kind of selling coffee by the specific farm and about different fragrances and it's particularly, you know, and, you know, and you, you know, and you sell it for, for more than commodity coffee. Is this just like, a way for fancy people to do something else kind of fancy or is it, you know is there actually a benefit for the farmers it, you know we've been long kind of tied to the commodity market or is this just kind of taking advantage of them and and like selling uh, in some cases it's taken advantage of them in our case we're you know in a lot of other roasters uh some locally some around the country yeah they're working directly with farmers paying a much higher price so yeah there's a definite benefit um to the farmer paying prices that uh, they can actually sustain themselves mm-hmm. and, and, and then still have a profit from year to year. Whereas traditionally with the commodity market, um, the prices of coffee just go up and down um, pretty drastically. And 
in a high year they might do well but then they're down for five years and hurting so how is this kind of concept different than fair trade i know that yeah. fair trade coffee has been a big thing for a long time which is all about kind of selling at a premium just to kind of yeah that's i mean that's still kind of it's a big debate fair trade definitely is a good kind of first step in like how you purchase coffee it's it's guaranteed a there's a fair trade minimum price that if it's certified that this farmer uh got that price uh, those prices are still quite low mm. um so i i mean we we haven't bought a coffee for the fair trade minimum price for example maybe in years probably 10 wow. years. so you guys You're you guys paying buy like it for considerably yeah, more we're paying probably yeah. double sometimes triple fair trade prices it doesn't have a a sticker on it but uh yeah, see, so no, one doesn't thing need the sticker. I'm kind of pretending <laughs> to be a bit more stupid about coffee than I actually am. I actually <coughs> went with Jake's brother on a coffee trip to Ethiopia a few years ago. And one of the fascinating uh, concepts that came up, was, at least for some people, this concept of fair trade, it's a problem not just because the prices are lower than, say, for the, some of these really high-end coffees, but also that it's not necessarily sustainable. It doesn't actually encourage the farmers to make improvements upon their farms to uh, to actually really kind of highlight these really special coffee beans to to actually kind of create for themselves this additional uh, value in right. their crops as opposed to just a hey here's a set fair trade price and you're just going to pay it and don't worry about anything else and just keep doing what you're doing and that seemed a pretty valid argument in right my it's book. a little more it's definitely heavier more heavily weighted on social issues which are very important Mm-hmm. for sure but it's not there's not always a clear tie to to actual quality, quality. should people so be feeling bad that they've been buying fair trade can no, make no. People, we can't make people <laughs> feel bad about it That's uh if if you want okay i, I do like that <laughs> um but there's also there, uh, so but it brings up an interesting point too because we talked about it when we were uh, just briefly not even very much about the there's a lot of really heavy political situations in coffee regions a lot of times right so you guys are really uh you're, you're pretty sensitive to those things and knowing about them right i mean your your brother's on that side of it but how do you guys how do you guys kind of wade into those waters uh i mean each origin is very different um but yeah there's a lot of sad there's a very sad history with with coffee in a lot of ways it's been you know millions of workers have been exploited and you know that's always just the the rich landowners are exploiting the the coffee pickers um we're you know we're still quite small um but the origins that we're working with we definitely dive in pretty heavily but it yeah it takes it takes time to develop relationships and get you know more sensitive to what what's happening el salvador is one recent um i was there a couple times last year i'll be going probably in a couple weeks again uh it's a very nasty history that i only know I know very little about still, but uh, the Civil War was still only 20 years ago. A big part of the the country was destroyed. Hundreds of thousands of people killed. Coffee has always, it's been their biggest uh, crop, um, biggest source of revenue for the country, and a very small number of families have controlled that wealth for for years. Um, So with our situation, buying coffee from uh, Luis Araujo is the name of the farmer in eastern El Salvador. Um, we're starting to do some work in the community, raise money, but it's it's 
it takes a, a long time to learn exactly what's going on and uh, in certain areas it's it's quite dangerous as far as guns and gangs um, and when the coffee prices go up people want to steal coffee so it's it's complicated yeah mm. it's interesting okay I think yeah we're, we're probably ready. a little over four but that's okay so next part of our cupping we're doing what's called uh, breaking the crust so on the top of these glasses uh, there's been a nice crust of coffee and and air and it's foamy it's foamy so when you break that and i'll do this in a second you're getting your nose right in there try not to dip your nose it might you know singe it a little bit but uh, snort the coffee but all these a lot of these aromatics have been trapped inside these bubbles so you're breaking that and that's when you're getting a burst of of flavor of 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 the aromatics which is a big part of the the taste so i got a little short short cup here but here do you want the bigger one no, no. Okay. I'll save that for you. Okay. Thank you. So just break that top. Don't and keep your spoon at the top of the cup. You don't want to mix the the grounds that have settled to the bottom. So hopefully you got kind of a burst of of uh, of aromatics there. Yeah. Earthy smells. If only we had and smell berries. a vision attached to our, our for our <laughs> podcast, all <laughs> our podcast listeners could be like, I smell it too. <laughs> <laughs> but if you guys go find some blueberries in your freezer and, and smush them up right now, maybe it'll kind of smell like like Ethiopian does. I think they might need to be fresh blueberries, though. Might be. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you take a handful of, handful of blueberries... <laughs> um, bit of dirt from your backyard, right? <laughs> a, bit of, a touch of cinnamon. Yeah, so if you br- yeah, break uh, the other one as well. Um. Yeah, to me, to me the the El Salvador doesn't have as kind of fruity a, a smell to it. So so we should scoop it. So in. now yeah. So now we're scooping the rest of the so crust. Just skimming it, that uh, the oils and those bubbles that are still on the top there, just so we can hopefully at some point here actually taste these. So, so when would people do cuppings? Like, what is the point of this other than seeming really cool that you're? Um, for us, we'll do it just to to evaluate new crop coffees from existing farmers that we're working with because they do change from year over year um we'll also get yeah new samples from from other origins or new farms that we're looking to work with and another huge thing is uh we'll cup every batch of coffee that we roast so we have uh um a staff person coming in every week a couple days a week to just evaluate all the batches making sure the consistency is there and noting any uh, specific you know changes that are happening with the coffees um, and one the main reason we do these on Fridays and kind of what we're doing here is the educational aspect of it I think I just think it's a great way to showcase how different coffees can taste which mm-hmm. is essentially what we're trying to to get people to realize is that it's there's so many different flavors that can come out in in, in coffee 
Well, and that if you are paying attention, you really shouldn't ever need to put anything <coughs> in the coffee because you can taste so many different characteristics of it. And if you wouldn't be able to if there was a ton of milk or sugar or syrup. Do you get it. mad at people who want to put milk and sugar? <laughs> oh, I hate them. No, I'm just <laughs> slap them on no. the <laughs> No, absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. You know, I, ideally we're, you know, if people come and taste our coffees, they're not just ours. There's lots of good roasters out there. Um, there's hopefully enough flavor in that that they don't need something to cover up uh-huh. any bad flavor. I think for me, so you can help them break their bad you habits. You know, at times I will put cream and sugar in my coffee, but it's usually if I'm at a restaurant or drinking where, Folgers, or I'm <laughs> that's all they have is something that I'm not loving, so I'll turn it into more of a dessert drink. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, so let's start slurping this stuff. Yeah, we have to slurp now. Is that what we do? <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, everyone's been excited uh, to slurp. It's uh, <laughs> Julian. Are you ready to slurp over there? Okay. He needs a microphone. We need so this. Everybody no. has a their cupping spoon here. You're just taking a little bit on your spoon and. Which one are we slurping first, Ethiopian or the? I, unfortunately, I only have one. You sh- why don't you start with the the Ethiopian? Okay. The onion. Slurp Vanessa. Sorry, I started She's a little early. Oh, she couldn't I got wait. too excited. Very excited. <laughs> oh God, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm See trying it. to add some drama for yeah. her. This, this is like water going. Like, What's like, going we're on? Just, like, There's we're too just, like, much silence. Around, like, clinking is... glasses and <laughs> no one knows what we're doing. I have to make it exciting. So, yeah, you're just trying to slurp that into your mouth, aerate, and cover your whole, your whole palate so you can kind of get the the whole breadth of what's so going on. So we're slurping spoonfuls right The mouth feel? The mouth feel, yeah. The mouth, oh, Vanessa was so excited to use yeah. But this has been waiting for days to use the word mouth feel yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> Julian, how's your slurping going? Good. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, you can really hear that I like one. the post-slurp face that Julian made. It's like his eyes almost popped out of his head. He like slurped and like looked like as if it had like gone up his sinuses or something. It was nice. And there are a lot of very interesting slurps, slurping noises that... So, pe- so people really do develop heard, their slurps. Yeah, unfortunately, mine's pretty standard. So you don't try boring, to do some little uh, like twirl at the end or I mean, something? Hopefully the... What's that? Do they put rhythm in it? Yeah. <laughs> rhythm. I, and I, hopefully it's not intentional. It's just the way they do it, which obviously makes it funnier. But yeah, some sounds like they're zipping up their coat or something super high-pitched. Or. So to me, I taste in this Ethiopian. I, I mean, it just tastes light. Tastes. Uh, I keep. I mean, w- once again, it just keeps tasting really fruity and these high, high notes of like berry and whatnot. Um, you okay, Vanessa? Vanessa's having some. I am. No, I'm good. Okay. I can May I? Yes, please. Anyone else have thoughts about slurping the Ethiopian, <laughs> Vanessa? You, you've um, been slurping for a while now. Yeah. No. I. It's, How's that mouth feel? It's. It's great. Okay. It's. <clears throat> it is really sweet though. Mm-hmm. A lot sweeter than. Like most, you would never just yeah. imagine coffee without any sweetener in it to be quite that sweet. Yeah, and I mean, sweetness is something, I mean, ideally we're looking for coffees that have really nice sweetness across the board, and they'll, they should have a lot of some other things as well. But yeah, this one has got really nice sweetness. A lot of that's due to the, the processing of the cherries. So this is a natural processed coffee, which means after the cherries are picked, they're they're dried with the fruit. Uh, and the skin still surrounding the seeds, so it's the beans or the seeds absorb a lot of those sugars and a lot of that that sweetness, and that's in general why you know natural processed coffees you're going to get more kind of red mm-hmm. berry kind of ripe 
fruit like that uh, versus the wash process. Um, um, that's the other kind of main way of processing coffee cherries. Uh, after the cherries are picked, they're peeled or depulped, so the skin's taken off. They're soaked in water to loosen up the rest of that fruit and cleaned or washed. Mm. And in, in general, in um, coffees, uh, they'll definitely behave very differently, but in general, the washed process will bring out more citrus, um, sometimes a little lighter body, whereas the natural's red fruit, kind of big, earth, earthy, earthy notes. Um, but it, that's just one really. beginning kind of difference. Well, we have to, unfortunately, we, we'll start wrapping stuff up because we've been going way over time slurping all this coffee. Should we, should we quickly slurp the second El Salvadoran yeah. and get some feedback and then we can yeah. launch some love and hates? Well, while you guys slurp too, I want to say, like, because we're, the way we're talking about it right <coughs> now and the experience that we're having here without having, like, being at Novo, when we, as we were a couple of weeks back, I think um, there's a lot of similarities to what we're doing to what we were doing last week, which was wine tasting. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I saw a lot more when we were with you guys, just in the character of the way you run your place. Like, there's more beer culture. Like, it's not so like I so don't you know. Think wine. It's more beer culture than wine. Well, culture. I just don't think like I and and this isn't across the board, well, but especially at the beginning it. of it, you're the doing wine, more there. I mean, I feel, I feel like, I feel like you guys, you guys are creating this more. Well, I feel like some, some vineyards that just sits around and. Well, and there's more of like a high level kind of snobbiness to wine than there is. But at least there was at the beginning of right of this wave of of people moving from red or white to understanding what kind of red or what kind of white they wanted. Right. So, I mean, your culture inside, it's like you guys are having a good time. You know, you're. I mean, you're not taking yourself so totally seriously. So I think it's. I don't know for the listeners out there, it's kind of important to understand that there's. It, it's not this kind of super highfalutin thing. No, definitely not. We should also say uh, Nova Coffee is one of our many special guests that's going to be on the live Denver Diatop event coming up on Wednesday, 29th of February at the Stars Film Center on 2510 East Colfax Avenue at 7 p.m. We're having a whole bunch of guests, but also uh, you guys are going to have like a whole little like, table set up, right? Uh, yes, you, we yes, are. Yes, like, like, we, like we threw that at you. You just had to be like, why? Of course we are. <laughs> of course we are, Joel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you just fell right into Pop my trap, Jake. <laughs> but yeah, so I so I just wanted to put a plug into the fantastic live event. It's going to be called Killing the Cowtown. I just wanted to throw that out now. Um, unfortunately, we have to wrap stuff up. Um, we have about four minutes left, so I want to move on to some love and hates while we, while we continue to slurp some some of this lovely coffee that Jake's brought. Um, and um, Jake, since you're our lovely guest today, I wanted to throw it to you. Do you have any love or hates to share this week? Uh... I'll throw out a little love to uh, the Colorado Rapids. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, Ooh. You know, soccer is kind of my other passion besides coffee. Um, they, I'm really excited. They recently hired a new a new coach, uh, Oscar Pareja, and signed a great player just yesterday. I'm excited to see a new kind of refreshing style of play. And I think their opener's in about maybe – a month or three weeks down at yeah, next month the starting next month yeah. so <laughs> they just signed a, a number 10 at a playmaking midfielder from Argentina and from all from what I've read he seems like a great player and exciting to watch so nice for all you know the couple soccer fans out there <laughs> it's growing it's growing <laughs> all three of the <laughs> soccer fans being being the stands that day Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to give some love to Joel, to uh, Sir Richard's Condoms, which is a Mm -hmm. Boulder-based company. And (laughs) I know 
Okay. It's uh, it was <laughs> National Condom Week, and um, they did a one for one. These guys are really awesome because they're they're very uh, they're very savvy with their promotions, and they've got really great design, and they do a lot of really great. Um, campaigns but this week they did a one for one uh so you buy a condom they donate one to uh haiti and um they've donated uh condoms to haiti and they're not just giving them but they're also working with haitians who to do some of uh, haitian artists to do designs for their condom packages so some love still going on or is that um i believe it is you have to tweet or post to facebook your love for condoms and then it will i tweet and post facebook my love for condoms all the time anyways well but you got (laughs) to mention sir richard oh okay i know i know it's good i'm also gonna do some love this week another local local good company i'm gonna actually love on chipotle i don't know if you guys saw uh their first national um tv commercial during the grammys where it's like there's like two minute commercial involving like Willie Nelson singing a cover of like of, of the Coldplay yeah the Coldplay song yeah. and involved like computer animated pigs getting slaughtered and it sounds absolutely ridiculous but it is the most moving like two minute commercial I've seen in a long I was like I was like almost like tearing up over these like little like like computer animated pigs getting slaughtered and like what's gonna happen Willie like why is it? it's a great commercial I think like you know I think Chipotle is Making the right step in this type of type of marketing, so yay Chipotle and, y- and yay condoms and I yay really rapids. Excited to see that as well. <laughs> yeah, it was I good. Have, huh? I have a love this week. Yes, okay. yes, I usually don't have any love or hate, but um, <laughs> the Boulder's Dinner uh, Theater. Have you guys checked that out? I haven't been there in a while. I haven't it's, either. It's really cool. I went there last night, and um, it, it was really good acting, really good singing, uh, good environment. Love like to it. the. Uh, Boulder Dinner Theater. Oh, awesome. Amy Adams got her start there. Really? You know, yeah, yeah. Oh. Amy Adams got her start there. So there you go. Could have the future kind of Hollywood blockbuster, blockbuster uh, superstars. So yeah. there you go. Um, that's all the love and hate we have time for this week. Once again, I want to remind you guys we have a big <coughs> live event coming up on February 29th at the Stars Film Center at 7 p.m. Jake's going to be there now that I, I forced him to be. Yeah. It'll be a very good time. <laughs> um... If you have something to love or hate about or say something about this week's episode, uh, please leave us a brief message at 720-282-YELL. That's 720-282-9355. Each week, we'll pick our favorite messages and play them on the show. And once again, I want to thank Jake Brodsky from Novo Coffee for being here. Check him out at novocoffee.com. Um, our theme music is always by the band Houses off their summer EP. You can subscribe to the Denver Diatribe podcast on iTunes and Google Listen. And say hello to us on Facebook or Twitter at, Den- at Denver Diatribe. For more information, check out our, our new and improved website at uh, www.denverdiatribe.com. My name is Joel Warner. half of my co-host Vanessa Martinez and Jake Brodsky. Thanks for listening. Yeah.